Hey guys, welcome to today's podcast. It's actually Podcast Thursday. I'm joined by good friend and client. Uh, I like to mix clients and friends. That way they can't fire you, you know? Like, exactly. <laughs> you, like you like the science there. Either we just try to do good work, and I like to do good work for friends and people that I care about and that I like, and I consider Nick one of those. So Nick, man, really great to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. So Always Nick, a pleasure. Yeah. So Nick... Um, has a couple of different business ventures. We thought it'd be great to talk with Nick about all of those things that he's been up to. But um, I always start Nick and, you know, pretend that you and I don't even know each other, you know. But I know people um, would be interested in your story and your businesses and, you know, being an entrepreneur, having a family business, a lot of dynamics there and a lot of variation in the two businesses. Right. It couldn't be more... Right. different right. Right. <laughs> in a lot of ways. I'm real excited. I think there's a mess behind that madness, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> Truly madness. <laughs> it's so funny how many, how many times I feel like I say the word madness now and I just think, man, it's just a mad lifestyle, you know? Uh-huh. Exactly. It becomes you. So. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So Nick, for everyone listening, I like to always just kind of start out with that. Uh, I call it the cliff notes version, you know, cause Hey, sure. we're trying to keep these a tight 30 to 40 minutes, sure. but, uh, you know, tell everyone listening, you know, kind of your background, you know, what got you here today, the leading up to the businesses, but tell everyone about Nick Gilly. Sure. Um, so from Charlotte, North Carolina, Davidson, actually, just north of Charlotte, uh, grew up there, um, went to North Mech High School. Uh, my father had a construction company at that time, but was never too much of an interest to me. I spent a lot of my youth on construction sites as jobs, you know, driving tractors, lawnmowers, digging ditches just because it was money and uh you know always had that um endeavor in mind that i was uh wanting to not live off of my parents so, <laughs> that's always a good thing um so you know i had those jobs i worked um, with my father but at the same time uh, uh dozens of other jobs just throughout my youth hustling um you know it uh i spent a lot of my youth on Lake Norman, you know, so a lot of it was I needed gas money for the jet ski, you know, so there was, there was always a method behind, you know, <laughs> what, what we were trying to do at the time. Um, so it was a, a decision I made to uh, stay in Charlotte just because I love that city. So I ended up going to UNC Charlotte, um, was a soccer player. I looked at some D2 schools, but it was really, I, I kind of had, had my run. You know, we uh, had some pretty successful soccer teams, which were, a lot of my time spent, you know, five, six days a week, you know, 10 months a year playing soccer. So I kind of hit that burnt, burnout phase and decided I was just going to go to college and let go of the sports. Um, so went to UNC Charlotte and didn't have too much in mind when we went there. Didn't think I was going into the construction field. Um, I had watched my dad build somewhat of a construction empire from the construction side to the development uh, he was one of the first developers on Lake Norman, which anybody knows Lake Norman's massive. You know, it's one of the most overbuilt lakes in America, NASCAR country out there. You know, it's, um, it's crazy how yeah. much that's developed. And he was the first one out there. So he made millions. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he, he got overextended with too much of one product and one price point, And that product dried up at the time. So, you know, very quickly, all those years of effort was gone. And I saw how volatile that development construction field was. I was like, I don't think I really want to be a part of that. <laughs> so, um, you know, tried to wrap my head around finance. So got into, uh, you know, the business school at UNC Charlotte, got a finance degree 
and inherently knew that entrepreneurship was where I had a love for. So got a, a minor in entrepreneurship with a major in finance. Um, so I say that I wasn't going to do construction. It's not really what I wanted. But as time went on, it was kind of innate. Um, mm -hmm. It's the way my mind worked. Uh, you know, it was I would see something and I would say, what can I build there? What can I create? It, it was there. It was ever present. You know, it was what I needed to be doing. So um, we I started out uh, with Base 360 in 2004, the year after I graduated college. Uh, Sarah and I decided to move to Greenville for no reason other than I watched Charlotte grow uh, from, you know, the 1980s to what it was in the early 2000s. And it was, you know, a monstrous growth. Yeah. Uh, so that's funny you say that. I'm going to pause right there. Uh, and I know we'll talk a little bit about Greenville. Mm -hmm. I mean, is it is Greenville on the, the same trajectory or different? Is it different or is it the same? And, you know, because I, I was going to ask you that, like the Charlotte right. growing up and all. Like, I mean, it just Charlotte always, you know, I was born and raised in Greenville, lived in New York, done other things. But Charlotte was always the Mecca if you're from Greenville, right. even 25 years ago, 30 years ago. It's not like Charlotte hasn't been big, right. but is, is it still, does it feel like that same trajectory? Um, it, it does, you okay. know, it's Greenville's different and well, the cities are different in the fact of what the driving forces are for the growth. Charlotte was banking. So yeah. it was, let's just go straight up with towers. Let's fill it with as many people as possible. So nationwide we can collect money on the banking side. Greenville's different in that, you know, we're much more spread out on the manufacturing side. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't see Greenville going vertical like Charlotte did and right. the city being having huge high rises. But at the same time, you know, I see the Greenville Spartanburg upstate having the same trajectory that the city of Charlotte had. Right. Um, so more sprawling, which is, you know, inherent. But at the same time, I think that that growth is happening. You know, we're positioned, you know, to be in the best area of the country because we have great job rates, um, wage rates. So we're getting all of these manufacturers from everywhere coming to Greenville. Yeah. And that's the steady growth. All right. I detoured you for a second, but Sorry. I just, I'm back to curious, it. but yeah. And, so. and, and, and seriously, we, we chose Greenville because it was not Charlotte that we could be one of the thousands here instead of one of the millions there in what better place to start a company than after seeing a city go in that trajectory, trying to get in the beginning. So, uh, that's why I moved here. Didn't know anybody. I uh, just moved here, bought an old house, started renovating it started a, a renovation company, Base 360, uh, which was, you know, the, the name itself was, you know, taking your home base and bring it around full circle as in a renovation. So it was strictly a renovation company. <clears throat> and um, we were also, I was a partner in some another development company that worked out of uh, Atlanta and South Georgia, and it was historic restoration side. So I was able to, you know, at a very young age, get a lot of experience on, you know, the, the act of, you know, rehabilitation taking old structures, getting, you know, 45% tax credits from the government on that developed cost to make, you know, these projects viable. So it's definitely a passion that we have, you know, kind of, you know, that restoration side that we've, we've always been a part of. Um, so that company uh, had a lot of great ideas, a lot of great plans, but it was really, we were focused where all these old buildings were, and that was rural Georgia is mm -hmm. where all those buildings were. So we couldn't ever really find viable options for that. Um, so that company kind of disbanded. A lot of great experience, a lot of great planning, uh, a few projects under our belt. And, uh, you know, back into Greenville we went. And so it was really, you know, my focus from, uh, you know, the late 
2010s, I came up with a concept called the elements. So it was, even though we had the restoration side, it was my passion to build green. Uh, I wanted to be the greenest builder in Greenville. Um, so I came up with a concept to, to do just that, uh, build a neighborhood in the North Main area. And we quickly found that the market for Greenville and green building was, we want it to be as efficient as we can and cost the same as everybody else. So it was this happy medium. You know, we, we couldn't push the boundaries of green building just because people didn't want to pay for it. Yep. Um, so, you know, learning that medium of how to take construction and be on the front end of construction science, but yet still trying to find a way to make it the same price as everybody, as everybody else. And we've done really well at that. Um, you know, we, we have HERS scores is really home energy rating system. So it's like our miles per gallon for mm -hmm. what we build. And, you know, we're killing them. We have half of what code-built homes, code-built buildings are built is our HERS score. So just being smart. Yeah, building practice. What um, what do we w talk about? Like, how involved? I'm gonna just like dive into like the deep stuff here. Like going right in. Yeah. Talk about. I know that you and Sarah will talk about metabolic in a minute, but how much has Sarah been involved on the real estate side with Base Three Sixty? I mean, is that marriage like literally <laughs> happening right. now or? that's in the future or was she involved much in the elements and the base tricks as, as base tricks these started to the trajectories rising right um so you know going back to that that first elements neighborhood uh was you know 2007 through 2011 we were building out there so it was a development you know being a developer is different than a general contractor mm -hmm. um again worst time in history to be a general contractor was <laughs> or a developer was in that time frame. Yeah. So uh, we, we were able to maintain out there. We built a condo building and right, finished it right when, you know, they Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac said no more condo limits for anybody. So we just made it a rental building. So we uh, rented out those units for years and we were able to eventually sell them. But Sarah was uh, a, a vital part in everything that we developed to sell. She sold it. Um, however, it was, I quickly determined that development was kind of like Vegas money. So yeah. if you're going to be a developer, you got to be able to afford the loss of whatever it is you're doing. So I was like, maybe this isn't for me and I need to start trying to make some singles and doubles and get back in the general contracting realm. And that's when we, you know, got into custom homes. So I, I spent about a decade building some wonderful custom homes and uh, I had 60 or 70 of those under my belt. I was like, I, I think I've had enough of the custom land and that's, you know, Sarah wasn't a part of that. I was, yeah. I was working with a developer and, um, you know, we would sell the lots and I would, you know, interview with the clients and build the homes for them. So, you know, when I have done stuff on my own to develop and sell, Sarah's always sold it. Yeah. But we, we took a break from that for a while and now we're back into it again. Yeah. So, um, is, um, how is the, you know, the custom home thing is so hard. I mean, I, you, you know it and I mean, you did. I mean, Death, divorce and custom home building. Yeah, right. The three most stressful things in people's I mean, lives. <laughs> you know, it's it's people want what they want, right? Yeah. And yeah. making people happy is hard. It, it very <laughs> much is, and, uh, and it's, it's dramatically harder than it used to be. Um, so before the the age of Pinterest and seeing all these staged, beautiful rooms that everybody you know sees that they want, um, it was easier. You know, you you could build from a plan set, and people accept what they get. And now the, the level of expectation, you know, based on what they can see out there and the most beautiful homes in America, everybody wants the most beautiful home in America because they see pictures of that. So it, it's hard. It, it's a hard uh, area of construction to be in. Yeah. Is, um, 
So let's talk about, let's stick on the base 360 track. GC doing a lot of unique projects right. um, coming to the now. We did a lot of custom homes, now moving into more commercial right. development. Yeah. So um, a lot of cool stuff happening. I know, um, let's talk about your most recent projects. Right. So it was about two years, two and a half years ago. I said, I think um, I've had my fair share of custom homes. Uh, let's let's see what else we can do, you know. And um, got the the unlimited general contractor's license taken care of. And I was like, well, you know, now we can build skyscrapers. Now let's go find some clients. So let's do that. Um, of course, we have to start small. Um, she's, I think, my first general contracting role was a lactation room for Macmillan, Paz, and Smith. So um, <laughs> like we've first, come a long way, baby. <laughs> we come a, we've come a long way. And I needed that on my resume. But, um, you know, doing that uh, got me in good with some of the, the largest arch, architecture firm in Greenville. Um, so that actually landed us our, our um, Gather GVL project was doing something off the wall like that. So they, they saw the quality that we could put in there and, uh, you know, they liked the personalities and they saw the creativity and, you know, really was what we're trying to do different than everybody else is, you know, put this creative side to it, uh, do something different than what everybody else is doing. And that's, uh, base 360 in general that landed us the most unique job in downtown Greenville right now, gather GVL, you know, 13 shipping containers, uh, well, 16 shipping containers, 13 restaurants. So there's a few of those containers for storage. So um, just right there in the West End, uh, you know, kind of right behind the baseball stadium there. It's a half-acre lot. Uh, we have every inch of it covered. Uh, you know, we, we are using every possible square foot out there to make this concept happen. So you're talking about a perimeter of containers with a common courtyard, astroturf courtyard with a stage back there, and, you know, second-level steel canopy, um, second-level seating, and, you know, common areas. So, like, modern-day food hall is a concept. Um, and it's been a bear you know this project is it's uh it's unique yeah i mean the, you're used the, to using two by fours and steel frames and you've got some general stuff that you're used to building with right, right. Yeah. and none this of is that's the case none of that's the case <laughs> you know you have developers who this is this is the first time with this concept you have an architecture firm that's never put together you know shipping containers you have a general contractor who is learning uh, how to put together shipping containers. And then we have the containers that are actually made in Texas. There's this whole other third party that designs and engineers these as modular units and ship them as finished restaurants that plop in on the site. And uh, so the coordination of, you know, basically half the country trying to pull this together uh, is, is, has been interesting. So, um, you know, we've had some delays out there. You know, we're, uh, we're ready for containers right now on the project. We were hoped to be open in March, April, but it's probably May, June. Now, before we're open, we've only had the most rain in Greenville, South Carolina in the last year since what, like 1901 or something. I don't yeah. even know what, like, is it raining every other day? It, it's raining. It's, it's, it's no delays brutal. with that, right? It's, it's been brutal. Um, is that a GC's worst? Like, uh, <laughs> how often does it, the average GC look at the weather, you know, like building outside? Yeah, daily, daily. We, we absolutely know. We, we sit in our, down our planning meetings and have the weather channel on, on the TV in, in the war room there. So we know what the heck we're up against. Yeah. But, uh, shoot, they don't even know what they're doing. So, you, know, you just walk out and see what it's, what it's doing for the day. So development downtown's been interesting. You know, I mean, Greenville's booming. You know, I know you've got, you know, a couple other little projects coming and going. You developed your own office there. Mm -hmm. And what do you make of the downtown scene? I mean, it's it's cool, yeah. you know, and it's – it's. I, I wonder – 
it's like, do we reach this point? And I don't. I totally agree with like the comparison with Charlotte. It's just different. You know, we're not going vertical. It's more spread out, and you've got West Greenville. But like, you know, are we? I don't think we're there by any means. But like, it's starting to take me. You know. 17 minutes to go one and a half miles you know not even at five o'clock but it's you know like where do you what do you make of all the growth and just the the general feel and culture well it's inherent you know um it doesn't help that we're continually named one of the top 10 cities in america to be at so you're gonna have people coming and when you name that and you have the job growth that we have you know it's inherent people are going to keep coming you know we have to lean on our our city, um, the city council to properly plan, you know, our public transportation is garbage in Greenville. Um, they, they have to do a better job. You know, they're doing great with the trails. Um, so, you know, we can get more of them in town, get more projects on trails and get people out of cars to help inhibit traffic. Yeah. That can happen. Um, good segue into <laughs> what we're working on right now <laughs> yeah. yeah are we gonna go there are we ready to talk about that oh uh, yeah we, we, we can we can uh we can, foreshadow we'll, yeah we'll we're foreshadow that dropping, um, dropping eggs so tell like someone that's listening you know i mean we have a lot of very variable listeners and you know it gets shared or different things but talk about maybe one or two tips or pitfalls on the entrepreneur side and then maybe the GC side, like, you know, maybe a struggle that you've had or, a, you know, a recommendation that you have for someone like thinking about getting into either one of those. Right. <laughs> um, gosh, being an entrepreneur. Um, so what's easy about being an entrepreneur is when you have money. What's hard about being an entrepreneur is trying to get to the point where you have money to make these ideas and these concepts worthwhile. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely say that Sarah and I, you know, started with nothing. You know, we uh, everything that we have has just been hard work, dedication, and effort. And it, it's taken two of us. Um, you know, definitely the the marriage of two working individuals, you know, who know how to work hard, how to, uh, you know, please clients and to get referrals um, has allowed us to get to the point where we are today. So, you know, I've always had the entrepreneur spirit, entrepreneurship spirit, and it's just now to the point where we have the means to start to make some of these ideas come to fruition. And, you know, we're talking 15 years of hard work. We're talking a lot of ups and downs, you know, economic cycles, uh, times where I had been a contractor for six, seven years, and I was now sending out my resume, you know, trying to get hired on by other firms. Um, so as you hear, you know, with so many people is like failure is kind of a requirement for success. You to honestly know what it's like, to take ideas and concepts and to, to run with these ideas, you're, you're going to hit pitfalls along the way. You're going to have these struggles. So, you know, the, the tips are is stay true. Know that those hard times are there, but it's, it's work, work ethic. It's starting your day up. It's grinding it out. It's hustling. Yeah. Um, and that put us in the position where we are, you know, to be able to acquire other businesses, to diversify ourselves, uh, to, now have all of these ideas that I've always had on, you know, the, the creative side and to have these connections of almost, you know, 16, 17 years of being here in Greenville to be able to pull these individuals together in a room and sit here and talk about these great ideas and let's make these things happen. And uh, that's where we are to, you know, today is that it's not overnight that you're talking decades of effort, decades of hard work 
and dedication to make things happen. So I know physical fitness and health are important to you and Sarah. And, you know, why the hell a gym? <laughs> you know, like, it never, like, I, I love it. Like, I go Mad about Greenville, uh, Nick and Sarah own. And, uh, you know, it's a franchise from a Charlotte-based right. gym of Metabolic Corporate or right. Inc. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've been going there for four years, even before Nick and Sarah bought the franchise. So I love it. It's, it's the best workout in Greenville. High-intensity interval training. They don't call it that anymore, but I'm still going to call it that because of, for people listening, it's an easy way to understand it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are we okay with that? If yes. I break your brand rules, is Metabolic we, Corporate going to – fire me we, through you because i said we, the interval training we are we're always interval training we're right. often high intensity okay training. it's just not always high intensity yeah, it, and I, it is it's it not is. always it's there's definitely more muscle activity and more grind and and things but backing up why metabolic greenville what what i mean you guys were going that, right and then yeah it was, like, well it was it was never my plan to own a gym I, it was not something that was uh you know, foreshadowed in uh you know my career path However, finance was in diversification, in seeing you know my, my family's business be so one tracked and and losing everything. So a diversification was inherent. You know, something I always wanted. As soon as I was able to, I wanted to diversify. So um, in 2014, I had a good friend John Sharkey, who was uh, knew the owners, the founders, of Metabolic, and uh, they wanted to move to Greenville, and he you know. Uh, asked if I wanted to you know, put a bid on the, the construction of the place. So um, met with him a few times and uh, loved the whole concept. So uh, I won, you know, the GC job, the, the upfit of, um, you know, metabolic. So how we got in is I built the gym. So it was one and done. I kind of built in a free membership for Sarah and I along with my fee in there. And so we started going. But prior to that, and we, we were at the YMCA peak fitness, wherever, you know, we were just the typical yep. go to the gym, throw up some weights, you know, not really know what you're doing, get a little cardio, a little weight lift in, you know, a little playing on your phone. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that was our workout a couple times a week. Um, Madabolic was the first time since soccer that I loved exercise again. Um, it's it absolutely, you know, the routine of it, the community of it, uh, the, you know, the challenging nature in general. So we fell in love with it. Um, you know, as the years went on, this was a corporate store. So the the owner, the founders of Metabolic owned this store. They had general managers and nobody locally with no local ownership, you know, as a, a presence, as a face of the business, it didn't take off. Nobody was here pushing Metabolic, you know, walking the streets, you know, do, doing everything it takes to make a business successful. And they realized that. They're like, well, we need some local ownership here. We're interested in selling the business. And so I was one of the first, I was the only one they approached and saying, I talked about it. We don't know if we want to throw this in. Like, we weren't trainers at the time. You know, we, we didn't have that experience. But so we'll, we'll buy a minority percentage for a year and see what we think and see if we can, you know, take it to where we expect. So we uh, put in a little bit of money for a year. Uh, we started working there, you know, took over the management of it. And, you know, quickly realized, you know, yeah, this is something that we can do. We, mm-hmm. we love this. We love this vibe. Um, you know, and I think one of the things I keep going back on is, uh, you know, on, on a job site, it, it's, you know, controlled chaos. It, it's people scrambling around. It's, you know, hard grinding work. And, uh, you know, 
when I get called in, you know, typically my phone only rings when there's problems on jobs. I'm the problem solver <laughs> is, is what I do best. So, and so CEO, chief problem officer, or <laughs> chief, chief problem officer. That should, that should be it. Yeah, CPO. 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 Yeah. yeah, that's a new one. Just create that title. But that's really what it is. It's very much so. So, you know, that's, that's my job is to fix things. It's, it's messed up. And you go into the gym and it's the whole mindset of people on endorphins. It's just happiness. You know, it's like no matter how crazy it is out there on that job site, we can come to our gym and everybody's thrilled to see us, you know, and that's, we, we fell in love with that. You know, it's intoxicating, uh, to get in there and to, to, you know, feed off of the energy that happens in gyms. So, uh, you know, it was, uh, January, uh, 18 was, we bought it outright. So, um, you know, had all of last year and this year we have had tremendous growth over, you know, the last 13 months of full ownership. Uh, shoot, we're up over 60% in membership than we were uh, a year and a month ago. So it is what we're doing is working. Um, and Sarah's a huge part in that. Uh, of course, Sarah Gilly being my wife and Sarah Kimmel being our GM. Mm-hmm. The, that tag team duo is uh, really taking it where we are today. So um, that's how that's what got us in the Matabot was I needed to diversify. This opportunity presented itself. And we grabbed it. And What do you think of now having owned the gym? And I know – you're in the throes of it, you know, and have been involved for roughly two years and now full ownership a year. Um, it's different. I mean, gyms strike me as hard from the standpoint of, especially at the end that Metabolic is, you know, kind of that, I don't want to call it the high end, but it's definitely a more focused tribal kind of community thing. And the community aspect is just so important. Right. And that, that's a, you can't manufacture that. And I think that's what's been great about what's happened since you guys took over and it's, you know, the trajectory's still going on that. Um, but talk a little bit about what it's taken to kind of build that culture. Oh, so much effort. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so much effort. You know, when, when we took this on, it's like, you know, we, we have a number. It's in our gym, we kind of max out at 300 members. When it, at 300 members, it gets uncomfortable. People aren't getting in classes anymore, yeah. and it's, it's full all the time. So, you know, that's kind of your maximum. And uh, when we, we took it on, we were, you know, just right at 100. Like, we know 200 people. We know we can convince 200 people to get into yeah. here. You know, 150 people to just get in our gym. You know, and uh, we thought it was going to be way easier than it was. And uh, as it turns out, I think Matabolic can be intimidating to a lot of people. So, you know, that's one of the things that we, we were struggling with. But getting out in the community more, trying to allow people to get into the facility so they can see that the vibe, that it's, that it's not intimidating. Um, what was not being done prior to us coming on was the community. Nobody was out in the streets. Nobody was out partnering with Lululemon, you know, partnering with Cycle Bar, partnering with Southern Ohm. Um, getting to all all the fitness uh, stores in town, you know, talking to them. So what we've done different is we're on the streets and yeah. we're pulling the community together. And, you know, since we've started doing it, you know, there's so much more of a presence than all these other ones. So what I love about what I've seen over the past year is that, you know, I, I felt pretty isolated at Metabolic, that we were focused only on Metabolic. But since then, you know, with the partnership with uh, Lululemon and Lululemon and you know, some of the other gyms, we have this collective group of, you know, the leaders from all of these gyms are now getting together a couple times a month and traveling to each other's studio. And, you know, really it's the the community itself that has gone from 
being isolated to trying to make your one business successful to saying, hey, guys, we're all in the same arena here. High tide raises all ships. Let, let, let's come together. <laughs> let's promote everybody. And there's more than enough people in town that, that want to pay, you know, for, uh, for high fitness. Yeah. If you elevate the whole fitness game in Greenville, there's not so many of you guys that everyone won't come along for the ride. Right. So it's like raise the category, raise the awareness, raise the uh, education on importance of health or stretching or fit or uh, uh, food and, and beverage that's a part of the lifestyle. Like raise all of that awareness and people start looking for more of those outlets mm -hmm. and metabolic being tied to that, you know, knowledge base, you come with it. Absolutely. And I think that's what you're seeing. I mean, talk about the husband-wife duo. <laughs> I, you know, I love Sarah. Um, you know, Sarah Gilley, Caldwell Banker Kane, right? Agent, right? Um, sells a lot of houses. Does great, great mom. You guys running businesses together, but keep it real. I mean, I I think about this. You know, when I see you guys at the gym, and you know, I know it's not easy, but y'all have a good relationship. But you know, working with you know a spouse. And I know you aren't, you know, with Basic 60, you aren't on the, the field all day, every day. Right. But, I mean, keep it up real for people listening oh, that might be thinking about, like, you know, working with a spouse or, like, <laughs> how do y'all keep balance there? I mean, Ryan, I asked you before, <laughs> and I was like, you know, I, I cuss sometimes. And, like, yes. and I was like, it's hard as fuck. Like, this, this is so hard. Um, you know, the, uh, the marriage of businesses and spouses. Um, and what it is is so many people have their job. And they work their job and they can leave their job and go about their day. Us, we, there, there's, there's no hour, there's no 10 minutes that's not business related, family related. It's, it's a marriage of all of it in life. So <laughs> it doesn't work for everybody. Um, there's a lot of people that, that would say, hell no, I need to be able to turn it off. Well, you know, when I have my own business, Base 360, when we have a business together, Metabolic, when she has her own business of, you know, call a banker selling real estate, you know, it every minute of every day we're getting emails about it we definitely have our family time our phones get turned off you know when it's dinner time you know we we uh you you have to have that nature but at the same time you have to be able to always be turned on i mean hell it was 11 o'clock at night two nights ago i was dead asleep and she woke me up to talk about footers in our in our new house we're building and it's just like <laughs> you know, when, when, when is this happening like it's, it's 11 you're like uh, you, you have to give me a break, but this is my only time to talk to you. It's like it can wait. Yeah, it can wait. <laughs> I can't um. say much about that. I, Nicole and I struggle. Like you know, and we have a two and a half year old. You know, we've got the older boys and the two and a half year old, and then like until he's asleep, and that's not till eight eight thirty. You know, and you've gone and gone and gone and gone. And it's right. like where's the time to to catch up on anything? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like. <laughs> um, and it's, we accomplish it. You know, I now, I now on my calendar, I have an hour set aside during the work day that, that we, that we sit there and we talk about all the things we have, the mad bollocks, the house building that we're doing. Yeah. And, uh, if, if we don't do that, we're going to go work out together. Sometimes she's like, I don't, I don't want to talk. I just want to go work out. So yeah. We'll just go do that then. So, you know, but y'all are both kind of type. I don't know. I think you're both kind of type A, though. She, you... She's extreme A. Okay. I, yeah. I, I'm like A minus. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, you know, it, it's, it's not easy, Ryan. Um, yeah. You know, the, the marriage of, of, you know, of everything we do, you know, staying 
is a happily married couple is probably the hardest that it takes more effort than all of it. Um, and you know, what happens is you change, right? So the, the person that you married all those years ago is not the person you are now and she's not the person then. And so you, you constantly have to wind your way through life together, changing it together as much as you can, Yeah, you know, with, with that common goal. So adaptive, adaptive, <laughs> so, <you> know, <laughs> really of, of everything we do. Um, you know, the marriage is right there it yeah. being, being the hardest part. But, yeah. you know, of course, you know, in, in Facebook, we're the picture perfect couple. But in, uh, life, right. but in real life, we struggle just like everybody else. Um, and I, I don't think that there's a couple that's, that doesn't do that. Uh, but we love each other. And that's enough to get us through. Yeah. So. What's the future hold, man? I mean, the base 360's taken off. Uh, Matabox. All the trajectories look good. Right. And I mean, I know you aren't resting on your laurels. I know you got some exciting different things and ideas and maybe some new developments and different things. So what's, sure. what's the future hold? Um, we've got a lot of business plans right now. So, you know, one thing we struggle with is subcontractors, um, you know, finding good subcontractors to be reliable. So find myself self-performing so much more. So, um, we really have, uh, two business plans that we're going to create, you know, some sub entities under base 360 to start self-performing a lot. Um, so, you know, growing from our business from inside, you know, capturing on, you know, a lot of times I feel like, uh, previous, like the only person making money on jobs is subcontractor. So why don't we be our own subcontractors? I'm kind of make some more money. So <laughs> you'll, you'll get to know if that's the answer or not. Right. 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 Um, uh, we're going to look, we're going to find out pretty yeah. soon. So, um, I have a couple business plans that we're working on with base 360, but, um, the most exciting one uh, that we're working on is trying to solve an issue that Greenville's had. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time at city hall, read a lot of the articles, you know, talk to economic development and affordable housing is, uh, something that, every city struggles with, especially cities on the growth pattern like Greenville. So how to make affordable housing a reality and it not be a piece of crap. Um, so that was something that I kind of started contemplating a year ago and we're finally bringing, you know, that to fruition. Um, so I developed a concept, um, the Elements brand, we're continuing to grow, but uh, Elements Eco um, for eco homes. So I see affordable housing not as a function of quality but as a function of size so there's so much talk about tiny homes out there and they make sense you know people can live in smaller spaces um, you're not going to find grandma and grandpa that want to go live in a 400 or 520 square foot home but you're going to find a lot of millennials you're going to find a lot of people who realize that we don't need 3,000 square feet out in Simpsonville to be comfortable I'd rather be in town with 520 square feet and be able to walk to work so, and then have money to go do vacations and experiences. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so we're trying to tackle affordable housing. Uh, I have a concept we're working on, um, site to be uh, released later in time, but it's on one of the new Swamp Rabbit Spurs that's going through town. So that Swamp Rabbit Trail is not built on this particular piece of property yet. But um, we're looking at you know 100 homes on a very steep site. Hmm. It's pretty much unbuildable to most people. But I think if we can uh, find a way to nestle homes into a hillside, we can cut the cost of construction by not having to side, you know, all five sides of a home by only having to put a glass facade on one. So, you know, keep it minimalist, modern, mm -hmm. clean. Um, we can create some very affordable homes, yet interesting, nestled very close to downtown. 
So Elements Eco has been my pet project for the last little bit. We're, um, it's getting legs. You know, hopefully in a couple of months we'll have a release of, you know, this is what we're working on, this is where it's at. Yeah. Um, but, you know, trying to push the boundaries of construction. Instead of, you know, having to look through printouts and pages, you go onto an app on your phone, you look at a site plan, you select a floor plan, put a deposit down, make a few selections, and your house is purchased. And three or four months later, here you go. Here's your new affordable eco home. Yeah, I'm, I love it. So um, that's the latest and greatest concept we've been working on. Is um, where does the inspiration draw? Because I mean, it, you know, with everything that you just described, and you know, is that just creativity for you? Is that uh, you know, drawing inspiration from outside of you know, more nationally or even globally? I mean, you know, is that just you know, where does that where does that where what's the well that that's drawn from? <laughs> well, um. <laughs> It, and it is creativity. You know, if you trace back that concept through my mind, how it worked was uh, the whole shipping container aspect. You know, almost 18 months ago, we got involved with Gather GVL. So the, the whole shipping, and then everybody's been talking about shipping container, you know, construction for a while. So it was things we talked about before. But, you know, having the first-hand experience with shipping containers, that size, about 400 square feet, 320 to 400 square feet is most containers. And, um, you know, that linear dimension, and what I wanted to do was build one of these on Airbnb. I was like, I need a lake house. And what's the most affordable way I can do it? Just take a shipping container, put it in the hillside on Lake Kiwi, and make a few Airbnbs. So, you know, this was a thought process I had a year ago. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And, well, why don't we take this concept and try to tackle affordable housing with this concept and take some of these sites in town that, you know, have extremely steep topo, build them into the hillside, you know, virtually unusable land to most people. Why don't we solve a problem? Well, this interesting concept, you know, of construction science that's being talked about and see if it works. I love it. Um, the, any other tips, pointers, anything else you can think of? Like, you know, it's such a fascinating, when you try to keep these podcasts to 40 minutes, you know, you could go down to different bunny holes, but I think right. it's been interesting kind of hearing your background, hearing your thought processes, hearing the realities of entrepreneurship and marriage and, you know, it's funny you say the um, the perfect Facebook. So, you know, I think that will ring with a lot of people, whether they're whether they are that couple or they see that couple. Right. You know, everybody oh God, thinks it's not perfect. It's <laughs> so not perfect. I know, just um, photogenic. But um, you know, I really admire the progressiveness of of you guys. You know, um, you can follow along. Uh, we've got a series that we do for Nick with Base Three Hundred and Sixty Hard Hats Only, right. which is another way of looking and seeing behind the curtain. Right. for all these projects that are going on. Yeah, it's um, like we, we have so many cool things going on. Ryan, let's capture some of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like we're trying to get landed by HDTV, but what it is is we're trying to be different. Um, we, we have different projects. We want people to see it that way. And so and the whole creativity aspect of it, even from my website headers. <laughs> inside joke inside joke yeah Nick and I uh, battled over the headers of his website but he's won out so far so uh, but you can follow uh, along uh, hashtag hard hats only on Instagram uh, you can follow look, Google base 360 but base dash 360.com right. uh, for all the latest projects links to hard hats only 
um, social. You're on Instagram. Right. You know, people can find out where, where else, anywhere else they can find you. Um, Matabolic Greenville. They can, yeah. They can find me at Matabolic. They can, they can Definitely find my wife there. at Metabolic. Yes, if you're looking for, sure. for the best workout in Greenville. I mean, you heard it from Ryan himself. <laughs> y'all, y'all listen to Ryan. You trust him. He said it himself. It's a fantastic workout. It is. It's just it's not a, intimidating either. It is not. It's actually not. And everyone that that I've taken and and that talk about it after the fact, they're not. I mean, it's it's just really great. It's structured interval training, right. and Perfect. you get some days where you work more muscles, but it's not just cardio. You know, like I, I come out of there sore, you know, like I've never done cardio classes and been sore, right. you know, I mean, and someone listening is going, Oh, well you haven't done uh blah, blah. Yeah. I'm just saying, but generally speaking, right. I think that's maybe the, the biggest misconception, but it really is a great workout. So 210, 220 movements. We do five movements a day. So it, it's, you know, extremely rare. You're going to have the same combination of five movements ever in our gym. So. Yeah, and all fitness levels. They've got to break it out um, by color blocks and right. from uh, lower weights to higher weights or lower intensities. And Elite athletes can work out side-by-side side with first-timers. Yeah. We can make it happen. So we love it. So f- you can find out more about Metabolic. Uh, you've got uh, metabolic.com and then the location, Greenville. It actually asks you when you get on the website where you're, I think it picks up actually where your location right. is. And yeah. then you can choose whatever, but – Learn more about that. Always got the 10 for 10 special. You can do 10 classes for $10. So. Can't beat that. I know. 10 so. days for $10. Well, Nick, man, I really appreciate uh, you coming on the podcast. Thank I appreciate you. I you know, the ability to work uh, on and with you on the marketing side. And uh, really excited where all this growth is going. Shout out to Radical, who hustle every day uh, for us. So it, they've done a killer job on both Base360 and Metabolic. So much of our growth I can, you know, give to Ryan and his team for putting us out there. Well, I so appreciate thank that. Thank you for hustling no, for us. No, we, we, we take a lot of pride in that. You know, we aren't always perfect, but we do. Are, we're, I think that's where it aligns well. Nick's a super creative guy. Nick and Sarah have a lot of ideas. I think we're a creative agency, and then we bust our ass, you know, and we care. And yeah. so it's been a good marriage, and we're going to take it to the top. But thanks again, Nick. Yeah, thank you. All right, man. That's all for today on the Radical Company podcast. Follow us at Radical.Company. Learn more about everything going on with us. Learn more. We, t- we gave you all the channels with Nick. Uh, follow him on Instagram. Follow Metabolic Greenville. Follow Base360, Hard Hats Only. And we'll see you next time. See you. Take care, guys.